Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Your Money in 20, a podcast by your friends here at Woodward Financial Advisors. I'm Victor Colella, an advisor here at Woodward, and I'm joined by my colleague, certified financial planner, and also a wealth advisor here at Woodward Advisors, Laura Neal. Hi, Laura. Hi, Vic. So Laura and I are here to talk about 2023. And, you know, it's January still as our as our recording is happening here. It's the month where a lot of folks are looking back and maybe doing sort of a review of 2023, setting some resolutions for 2024. So we thought we'd take this opportunity to do the same, but specifically through the lens of our world. So our world of markets, uh, financial planning, changes, laws and regulations, all that sort of stuff. And Laura, uh, we talked about this before, and really, why why do this other than it's kind of fun to look back at the prior year? Well, uh, we find that the history, especially recent history, can often be instructive. You know, we look back and think about what our mindset was last January, maybe, uh, and then we may be able to glean some stuff from it. Um, there's a, a quote that I love, which is, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes, which I think was Mark Twain. Um, but that's sort of the spirit that we're going to have this conversation. And at the end, we'll talk about maybe some things that we can apply to 2024, which, Laura, I don't know, 2024 is going to be pretty uneventful, I think, right? Oh, I think it's going to be awesome, Vic. Not much going that's on. That's my prediction. <laughs> yeah, not much going on in the world. So um, all that to say, before we start, all the things that we're about to talk about are not meant to be advice specific to your situation. So we're going to talk about investments and all sorts of things, but if you want advice about your situation, go to your advisor, your CPA, your attorney for, for those specific types of advice. So without further ado, Laura, why don't you, you put together this beautiful sort of timeline. Why don't you just sort of go through the year? Let's go back in time uh, to, are we starting in January of 2023? Yeah, I thought I'd just preface it by saying as individuals in January, we're usually making our New Year's resolutions, what we want to do better for the year. But often at the beginning of the year, you also hear predictions about what's going to happen in the market this year. And so if we're looking back to the beginning of 2023 and what people were saying about the market, it really was not positive at all. So we had just come back. We just started a little bounce back from the negative returns of 2022. Um, and kind of the first thing that came to mind was inflation was the big thing in the news when we started 2023. And is it going to ever go away? Is it going to turn into a market recession? And one thing that, you know, even our conversations around inflation, the data shows that inflation usually, while you cannot predict it, it's persistent. So when it comes, it sticks around for a while. That's what history has said. Anyways, yeah. And, and you mentioned bad returns in 2022. We're talking about historic bad returns in the bond market in particular, about as bad as the bond markets have looked in many, many, many decades, uh, maybe ever. Um, so, and stocks too got got beat up a bit, if you remember. So, uh, just a little extra flavor there. Yeah. So we didn't start out with uh, very positive news, um, but then we did get a little bit of good news because 
um, the government came out with what we call the Secure Act 2.0, and um, it was aimed at kind of giving some relief and extra um, extra things for retirees. So it included upping the retirement age for taking required minimum distributions. What else did it have, Vic? Yeah, there was the required distributions for those of you who have kids or children who are in college. Uh, if you have leftover dollars in your 529 plans, there's sort of a new role that everyone's still figuring out now in 2024, but where you can take up to $35,000 and eventually roll that from a 529 plan into a Roth IRA for your child. Uh, that's one we've talked about a lot this year. Yeah, and so then not soon after that, the U.S. hit that pesky debt ceiling that we seem to hear about very often. It always makes people so nervous, makes the market nervous. But we've kind of found that even though there can be some short-term volatility around the unknowns of this debt ceiling, it always gets worked out, doesn't it? Well, and, and there's a, you know, we often wrap around or as I'll say that there's sort of spillover from our anxiety about uh, about our political system or sort of the chaos in Washington, D.C. or in our states or whatever the case is. Very often we make the mistake of that spilling over into, well, therefore the markets will do this or that, which is, is often misguided. Um, and that happened. I felt like this year in particular, we had a lot more conversations than we ordinarily do. Um, around this debt ceiling, which is something that happens very regularly. And even sitting here in 2024, uh, until just a few days ago, I think we were having the same sort of run up to another debt ceiling. So uh, this this one in January of 2023, I think it was, wow, was it felt acutely by many of our clients. So, um, you know, scary things, especially when they call them things like the debt ceiling or cliff. Um, but, you know, making assumptions about the markets, the mistake that a lot of folks make. That was true this yeah. time around too. And speaking of scary things, probably the scariest thing that happened was in March when we had those two regional banks that collapsed. That was pretty scary and brought the you know reality of, is my money safe in bank accounts? Yeah, yeah, and that one. And by the way, it's, I, I'll mention now. We are recapping a lot of things that we either recorded podcasts about or wrote blogs about throughout the year. So, for specifically, this banks. Alex and I did a podcast about the bank crisis. So we're not going to go into tremendous detail, but we are going to put links to all of those pieces in this podcast, so you can go back and reminisce if that's your style. Uh, anyways, <laughs> the banks, one thing we haven't talked about, but it's connected to, uh, inflation is interest rates. So for the first, uh, throughout 2022 and even into 2023, the fed was raising interest rates to levels that we haven't seen in a very long time. And folks, bank accounts, you know, all of a sudden started showing higher, some, some bank accounts, right. no, not, not the big <laughs> banks or maybe even credit unions, but some accounts started earning three, four, and five percent interest rates. Well, that also caused big problems for some regional banks that uh, had to shutter their doors. In March, when we talked about this, or in April, no one was sure how far it would go. 
Mm-hmm. And we look back and say there were two banks that shut, but the conversation at the time was, is this going to be, you know, contagion, sort of like what happened right. in 2008? Um, right. And that was for a lot of folks, had had you looking at your bank account balances with a bit of a skeptical eye, especially if you were in some of the regional banks or smaller banks. So that was a big one for depositors in particular. Yeah. And so piggybacking on the inflation, while you know the inflation ended up giving us higher interest rates, which is a positive and a negative, right? So as you were saying, you could get a better return on your bank account, your money market account. But if you were trying to borrow money, say, to buy your first home, then those higher interest rates aren't as positive. But I know one thing I specifically had questions from clients about is, well, if I can get 5% on a money market account, why should I have money in stocks? Right. Yeah. 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 Which, which is a good one. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to some of the reasons why in a minute, but it's a good reminder to, you know, inflation. We, a lot of our clients have been sort of very pleased to see a 5% or 4% interest rate in their accounts. But we all have to remember that what matters is the real interest rate, you know, which is basically after inflation. So when inflation was running at 7%, your 5% interest rate was a negative two interest rate in terms of what it does for your purchasing power. So it's, we were reminding some folks that you were actually better off with the 1% interest rate when inflation was at 2% than you are mm-hmm. with a 5% interest rate when inflation is at 8%. Not always obvious that because all you see is the number on your you know, bank statement or your online login, but lots of conversations around interest rates. Yeah. So we had a lot of big headlines and a lot of things that would cause worry But you have to understand, and I think most of the people listening to this podcast do understand that those 24-hour news stations aren't there to build you up and make you feel good about all the great things that are happening. You know, they want the spicy, good, you know, headlines that make you a little worried. So just, just know that in a year where we had all this turbulence, it uh, ended up being a positive year. It's funny because so my husband likes to keep track of the market returns on his phone and he <laughs> would make comments to me, uh, you know, the market's doing this, the market's doing that. And about a year ago, I finally told him, what market are you uh, looking at? And he said, well, the Dow and the S&P 500. And I said, what you really need to be looking at is the whole market. And so I gave him an index that he should follow. And so on January 1st, he proudly announced, do you know what that index returned for 2023? And I said, honestly, I'm not really sure yet. (laughs) I think you beat me to it. And so the the punchline to a lot of this is, what is it, Vic? We had really yeah. good returns in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. We had, I mean, depending on what you're looking at, right? So the US large cap, I think was maybe the best asset class for the year in stocks. 
almost 25% returns for the 12 months of uh, 2023. So now what do we make of that, right? You know, we had along, along the way this year, you talk about some of the good news that didn't get quite the same play time as the bad news on the, you know, sort of 24 hour news cycle. We consistently had positive surprises in terms of inflation going down, jobs being strong. So economic indicators continued to, to make it seem like the Fed's plan to slow things down without putting us into a recession might have worked. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of why returns have done what they have. But the important takeaway for us is that at every one of, especially the negative things, and we didn't even mention some of the political uh, you know, a lot of lawsuits uh, for former President Donald Trump. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's crazy. Uh, it's something that I've never seen in my lifetime and most folks haven't. So I guess you go back to Richard Nixon, there's probably some of this going on, but markets weren't pleased about it then either. All that to say, at every point in time where we got bad news, we had conversations about clients who were sure that it was going to get ugly from here. And we should mm-hmm. either not put this money back into the market or buy a reallocate, yeah, yeah, or reallocate our portfolio in a way that mm-hmm. you know keeps things out of that risky asset class stocks that's for sure going to go down because of this thing that's happening. Right, and uh, pretty much across the board, if you did that, even if you put it into a CD paying five percent, um, it depends on your financial plan. Maybe you needed that money to stay liquidity because you have an expense coming up. CDs are not bad. But if you were trying to time the market, you missed out on about 20% of return on those dollars. And that 5% that you may have gotten in the CD or 4% or whatever it is, during that same period, inflation was probably about the same. So the reason we say buy and own stocks on the long term, bonds over the long term, because it was a pretty good year for bonds as well um, after that horrible year of 2022, it's because our goal is to help preserve purchasing power over your lifetime. Purchasing power means net of inflation. So yeah, the interest rates are good, but um, the only way to outpace inflation over the long term uh, is to hold these long-term asset classes that, yeah, they go up and down like crazy. Sometimes in one day, they they move by five or more percent. Well, that's the cost of, of, of that long-term growth in your account. So, so Laura, let me ask you a question. 2024, sure. you know, of course, there's an election coming up. Oh, is there? Yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. If you haven't heard. What conversations do you usually have with clients in election years? Especially election years where it's a a little bit of turmoil, and that's kind of what's going on right now, is there has got to be some down markets around a really contentious election. And what do we think about that? And then we have questions of what are you doing about it? What are you doing in my portfolio to protect me against this surefire volatility that's going to come out of this election. And our question, our answer, I'm sorry, is boring because it's the answer we have when clients are concerned about anything. And we hear your concerns and they are legitimate. But part of, or I think maybe the number one reason to have a financial advisor is to stop you from making 
mistakes and mistakes Mm. like getting out of the market at the wrong time. And so, you know, we recommend buy and hold because I don't think we ever get to this point, January, and look back and say, I knew that was going to happen last year. I knew we were going to have 22% returns. I think every year is a surprise, right? But we know that over time, the market's going to go up. It's not in a straight line. But as you said, if you miss out on just a few days, there's some statistic over you know a 10-year period. If you miss out on the top 10 performing days, mm-hmm. how much it can affect your overall return. Yeah. And, and this is a longer conversation around elections and returns. And we have lots of data that supports sort of the way that we think about this, right? We're always looking to to history, but also to, you know, to the realities of how we've got lots of examples of election cycles to go on from the past and no real pattern exists. So 2024, maybe it's a great year in the markets. Maybe it's a horrible year in the markets. What we're sure of is that we don't know. And when there's uncertainty, discipline is usually the answer. Uh, Stick to the plan that you put together during calmer times, you know, the right time to do a lifeboat drill is in January after a year of 25% stock returns. When we're calm, <laughs> these, uh, That's right. they won't stay calm, that's for sure. So remember our conversation today. Laura, I think you and I are going to come back and have a specific conversation all about how markets react to election years because uh, I know we're going to be having these conversations and it'll be helpful to get it all in one place. Yeah, I agree. And I think we should repeat this podcast every January. <laughs> right. Yeah, I you agree. think so? Yeah, it's a fun, sort of a fun tradition too. So, well, I think that's it. Thank you, Laura. I hope everyone gets a little something out of this in the the season of uh, New Year's resolutions. This is an easy one. Stick to the plan. You don't have to do anything. Just talk to your advisor if you have specific questions. You know, obviously there are reasons to make changes to your plan, but there are good reasons and there are bad reasons. So uh, it can be complicated. Have a good one. Bye. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Money in 20, the podcast by your friends here at Woodward Financial Advisors. We hope you enjoyed it. Now, if you'd like to continue the conversation, you could find us on the web at woodwardadvisors.com and as a firm on both Facebook and LinkedIn. There's a link to those pages at the bottom of our website. You can also find us all as individuals on both Twitter and LinkedIn. Now, we love receiving listeners' suggested topics, so if you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, please hit the Let's Talk link at the top of our website and submit a message with podcasts in the subject line. Thanks again for listening and talk to you next time.